ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP. It's your boy Dave Neal, and as always, I am joined with Tasha Marie Courtney. Hello, Tasha. Hello. Good to see you here today. It is Sunday night, November 1st, 2020. I wanted to let people know if you're watching on the YouTube, uh, you can jump to whichever topic you want to hear us talk about if you don't have the attention span to get through the hour. And you go in the description, I'm going to be talking about the Christmas season different rituals, end-of-year goals. Then we're going to jump into a little bit of an update on Colton Underwood's situation, what's going on this Friday with Colton Underwood and Cassie Randolph. And then um, we're going to spin that into how domestic violence is being portrayed on the show The Bachelorette and talk a little bit about how the series is going. If you don't follow The Bachelor Bachelorette, that's okay. You can join us for the you know, conversation as well. I think it's uh, I think it's one of those things, it's like the common denominator we use to discuss you know, humanity, right, Bachelorette? That's why it's so kind of interesting, right? Is it? It's like when we see all of us. It, is the Bachelor and Bachelorette reflective of the real world? I think it's a little heightened. I think it's heightened, but I think we possess everything that is both good and bad within the contestants. Like I said, this game show, the contestants. I saw Jordan Peterson had a quote about that. How like, if you don't think you, you have within you the ability to do just as much evil as you do good, that's a problem. Oh, Yeah. And I think that's good to know. So when we see, well, we'll get into we'll get into all the Bachelor stuff. But I first wanted to say, uh, if you guys don't know Tasha Marie, well, you need to get to know her better. November first is the day she starts Christmas. Woo-hoo. So I had done some research. Where did I already lost my phone here? I had done some research. Where the hell is it? Maybe under the oh, book. Right and um, Tasha, spare no expenses over here. I wanted to play you some license-free <laughs> Christmas music. <laughs> It's like when you open a Hallmark card and it's like some generic happy birthday song. It works for me. There is not, you can't tell what Christmas song this is even trying to, you know what I mean? Jingle bell. Is that a fireplace on your phone? And it's a fireplace. Oh, wow. It's called Upbeat Christmas. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll get me kicked off YouTube. It says it was licensed for, you know, royalty free, but then there was ads in front of it. Who knows? Anyway, folks. So uh, as far as Tasha's concerned, this is a Merry Christmas season to you. And with that, we can bring out some of our uh, <laughs> Christmas pillows. I've got the mistletoe for the YouTubers who are watching. We've got the mistletoe. Hand me the Santa over there. We have a Santa. Hold on. And then I also brought this out. This is a snowman made out of a tube sock <laughs> that we did at our good friend Jonathan and Marina's years ago. Uh, anyway, folks, uh, do, my, do my can sound hot? Does my audio sound hot to you? No, you sound fine. It's just me, huh? And then, of course, tonight I'm drinking a Simpler Times Pilsner from Trader Joe's. Just a nice, cold, cheap beer as we welcome in the election season which is kind of a weird way to start the Christmas season. We've got to get through this election first. Oh, I first. know. Oh, I'm just like oh, barely hanging on the next two days. I'm just happy it's almost over. We cast our votes, though. Yeah, know? I know. We're which done. makes me feel like, you know, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't want to engage in any online arguments since then. I, I feel like I've done my part, so I just can sit back and relax. That was it. That was it. Since you finally voted, you'll stop yelling at people online. Well, I don't, I'm not making any promises. It was funny with the other day when you were like, I was getting ready to defriend this guy who I went to high school with in Kentucky. And then I looked and he already defriended me. (laughs) Well, you're saying it like I was upset about it. I'm not upset about it. It takes the pressure off me. I have this like moral conundrum about unfriending people because I feel like 
if they're popping up in my feed, I must be popping up in their feed. So if I am the one dissenting voice in their bubble, maybe it's good for them to hear it. I don't know. It's maybe obvious. Yeah, maybe is probably the, the best way to go about it. I don't think anybody's changing their mind, but I hope that people are like being discerning, being open minded. Uh, well, here's my thought. I like we've said before, I think people will change their mind. I just think Facebook and most other social media, uh, not we're place. not communicating as humans in the That's first place. That's not the catalyst. Yeah. If we're not communicating as humans, why, why, uh, you know, you know, whatever. So anyway, folks, but it is November 1st here and uh, we, uh, we have been, you know, I want, I want people to know this is our fourth attempt at recording this episode no third well not exactly we did the first one 15 minutes then we cut it off we did the second one 16 minutes then cut it off the third one i got the cameras rolling and then we didn't even start the third attempt and then i deleted all the footage it's gone why did you delete because i didn't because it's what it's going to take me more time to stitch together the steaming pile of dog crap that it was. Here's what happened. No, it wasn't awful. It wasn't there awful at all. There might have been good things in there. Well, Tasha, you're not good. You're great. And I want greatness out of you. I want greatness out of me. We are great. Thanks. And we're going there. And we just didn't have it. And I'm not, and I pride myself on not being the type who's like, well, let's edit this part out. No, no, no. Out of 414 episodes or whatever we're at, we've done this like three times. It's happened three times where I've looked into your eyes and I go, we don't have it right now. <laughs> and we uh, we went on a hike. And what did we find? In order, in order. What did we find on the hike? Oh, our omen? Here's what happened. We normally do a, a, a standard hike of Griffith Park, which is this beautiful... If For all the people that watch Bachelor, it's every season they, they show Los Angeles. They show... The Griffith the, Observatory is like one of the most famous monuments that's in every movie about Los Angeles. Overlooks the city. If you're watching a movie about Los Angeles, I guaranteeing you 95% of the time in the opening credits, there is a f- helicopter shot, Drone shot helicopter. of them flying by the Griffith Observatory. Yeah. Every, you know, ra- you know, raising sunset or whatever those stupid reality shows are. What's it called? You know, selling sunset or, you know, whatever. Auctioning sunset. I don't know. <laughs> uh, flipping sunset. But anyway, so people don't realize that that the hill the hills that the Hollywood Hill sign is on which is the Griffith Park and Runyon Canyon this whole ridge is a um, is full of wildlife there's a ton of wildlife there's lizards snakes uh, there's a mountain lion p22 there's an actual 160 pound cat a lot of coyotes we've never seen any deer in there but we know there's deer That's not in there true at all you seen deer in there yeah absolutely. I never see deer in there but anyway, it's full It's full of animals, and we decided to take a different path than normal. We normally go this one specific way, and we have this other path we call the humpback, right? The camel humpback, and it's kind of like a flowing um, path. You, you kind of get there, and you kind of ride this real cool wave along this, this ridge. It's beautiful, and we needed some spiritual help. We needed something bigger than what we were giving to the world in the moment, and we decided to go off the beaten path and try something new that we haven't done in a while. What did we see? Well, first we got swooped on by some crows, which I love crows. Crows are one of my favorite animals because they're brilliantly intelligent. They're so smart. They can use tools. They can recognize faces. And they're realizing that they have an emotional um, ability that they didn't they didn't previously ascribe to, I want to say, like, 
I think they like humans and dolphins were the only ones that like scientists thought had this like emotional ability, but they're realizing that crows have it too. So we looked up the crow omen, Cromen, as I'm calling it. We looked up, we like to, we like to look up omens. Whenever I see a weird number or something, I like to Google it and say, ah, what does this mean? You know what I mean? And uh, the crow symbolism, uh, birds are peaceful, free and inspirational animals. Every time we catch ourselves looking at a bird, we also find answers to dilemmas popping in our minds. It's almost like these birds know our distress and give us the answers we need, which is interesting because we just watched a documentary on um, on this small uh, uh, group of people that live in Thailand. What was the documentary called? It was. It was I don't remember. anyway. Anyway, and they were the, the these indigenous people were able to sense the tsunami before it hit several years ago, and it was by was that two thousand four? I believe so. Right before two thousand five. fourteen. It could have been four. I think it was fourteen. But either way. Big wave. And they were able to get to the higher ground because they trusted their intuition. They listened to the earth and they saw they saw these signs that their ancestors had warned them about of when, when the tsunamis were From coming. From the animals. So anyway, um, it says here, um, I'm looking for the crows. Um, uh, the crow is a bird that puzzles all. It makes many wonder about the symbolism of the, the blackness of it all. What do these birds signify? What does a black crow mean? Uh, I thought I had an answer right there. Um, talk to me for a second here. I got to find this. I thought sure. I had it pulled up. You didn't read it already? No, I just Googled it. Uh, crows symbolize transformation and change. They're watchful creatures that have a sharp and powerful foresight. When I say these crows came up, these crows came up like a bat out of hell. Normally we see the crows. We see them all the time. These babies were big. We had like the gang of crows come over us. And they were, yeah, a lot of times they just are flying around in the general vicinity. You'll see them above overhead or if you're like on the top of the ridges, like you might see them like down in the valleys. Uh, but they uh, kind of like swooped right up over us, right? They came and they said hi. And then it says, but more than change or transformation, the uh, it refers to a spiritual or emotional change. These intelligent birds give us valuable insight into situations around us and help us adapt as needed. Because all we're trying to do, the reason why we had to go on this hike is we're trying to adapt to a lot of the changes the pandemic's given us. You know, we, we, it, we've dented our savings. We've been stuck in our studio. We've, you know, the prices of homes haven't even dropped in LA. Like all these things have just kind of affected us. And we've been like, what's next? What's big? What's happening? We went on a hike and we listened. What did we see after our crow friends? A rattlesnake. A rattlesnake. <laughs> Can you believe? It? I'm really excited about this. This was a big rattlesnake. Yeah. Tasha, you have, did you put your video on Instagram? Yeah, I did. You can see it. It's at Tasha Courtney, T-A-S-H-A-C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y. Uh, and it'll be up for approximately 24 hours. So if you're listening- We'll put it on the SAP too, because I got a video of it. So we'll put okay. it up on the SAP, the dot SAP, but also at Tasha Courtney. Yeah, but this was a big one. I got close to it. This is a big I started rattling. Because last time we ran into a snake, I, we, you know, you're going through rough terrain. You're, I'm always looking down at my feet. I'm kind of just like trying to like get get my setting, get my feet my feet set and all that. And then you noticed it before I did. And you, you're kind of like a jumpy person sometimes. You know, you'll like you'll uh, you'll like think you see a spider, so you'll jump. And sometimes you do, and sometimes you don't. And you'll punch me in your sleep and this <laughs> and that. But boy, whatever's in your genetics spotted that rattlesnake. I almost didn't though. I actually like, I think I just stepped up and like paused for a second and then I saw it out of the corner of my eye. But if I hadn't paused, like if I hadn't been out of breath, <laughs> might've just stepped right on it. And, we were and on that would have been pretty bad. And we were on a trail where there was probably no foot traffic for hours. So, th so these snakes can kind of yeah. go hang out and catch a little afternoon sun. It was a little warm yeah, day. Yeah, getting some vitamin D. So that was good. So I Googled it because what's, you know, what's the meaning? Tasha wants to know. When a rattlesnake crosses your path, it is a sign of fortune. And by 
the way, I Googled this a few times till I got the answer I wanted, which I think, <laughs> no, you know, you got to know what you got to do. Um, no, 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 because, it, um, because we're like, oh, is it a positive or negative? Sometimes when you see... I've never... I've always been fond of snakes as just as well, because creatures. crows, there was mythology where crows were a bad omen because they're like these black crows. Yeah, and but I you've don't always, buy that you've either. You've loved the crows. I, I have always liked snakes and I have always liked crows. And I think a lot of like, you know, omens, whatever, there's going to be like varying perspectives, right? But... Uh, but we were... I, we, I've been watching a lot of Naked and Afraid. But I think it's sort of like... <clears throat> Like tarot cards, like there's even if it, it's a a card that maybe has a negative connotation, like there are multiple ways to interpret it, right? And there's multiple things that you can like. Uh, there are different parts of your life where they might be able to be attributed, right? Yeah. So anyway, so the snake said, this is what they said. It's a positive omen. The rattlesnake at first appearance may mean you no harm unless it senses that is endangered itself. Um uh, so then the lesson of the rattlesnake isn't to fear upcoming changes, but to take a look at the way you may have treated others in the actions you have taken. So it's not about fear. It's it's about knowing that change is coming, not fearing it, but being a little self-reflective. That's what the, that's what the, and what did it say about fortune? So we've got, uh, it's a, it just says that if a rattlesnake um, crosses your path, it's a sign of fortune. So we're emotional. We had emotional transformation, emotional right? transformation with the crows with in, 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 a, in fortune. And, and mind you, the YouTube is doing pretty well. So, and, and, and with good fortune, I wanted to shout out Lala, who's our newest Patreon member. She gets access to the dozens, if not close to a hundred, uh, probably, yeah, probably at least uh, Patreon episodes that are all there uh, in the membership community, patreon.com slash sap, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash T-H-E-S-A-P. So thank you so much, Lala. Lala, I think you you know, LA, LA, Lala. Thanks so much, Lala. I appreciate that. And um, in Christmas season, we were starting to get the thing going. We're starting to get in the mood. We did a throwback Christmas movie. We only watched the first half today. I'll be home for Christmas with Jonathan Taylor Thomas you know, and Jessica Biel. I, I may have seen this, but I don't remember it. Classic. It's pretty good. Classic so movie. And I've been writing this screenplay and it follows the identical cookie cutter nature of what this like screenplay thing I'm writing. It's like, it's like page five, you know, Jonathan Taylor Thomas has a dilemma. <laughs> Jonathan's like, will I make it home in time for Christmas? And it's like page seven. And then sure enough, the movie, a spoiler 22 years later is about, um, he has to get home for Christmas in order to get the family's Porsche. That's the only, re- and that's the only reason he's coming home is his dad promised him the Porsche. That was the nineties. Yes. Times were simple. <laughs> pre nine 11 just had to come home to get the 1957 Porsche convertible wow. but uh trouble ensues and we'll see if he Why makes is it. it like were the 90s the wealthiest time well were i they? think i think up until now like well stock market wise if you ask trump is the world, no one's ever done better than now but the 90s were pretty good but think about every like beverly hills troops 90210 yeah. Conspic- or whatever like- conspicuous consumption was at its all-time highest everything yeah. was like buy a hummer Everything was big. Um, gas was cheap. There hadn't been a terrorist attack on the continental U.S. ever. I mean, I just think of like, uh, what's that? Dynasty, the show where like everyone's so glamorous and glitzy and shoulder pads and ornate gold Beverly Hills mansion. Like, yeah, that was the 90s. And then, where you and go then, home for Christmas to get a Porsche. Right. And ever yeah. And then now it's there's kind of this responsibility. Like, don't don't be too flashy. You know, you don't know no private jets or, you know, I think there's been a little bit more responsibility. But yes, this was the clueless era of just like daddy's money. Let's let's have fun. Um, so th- but this brought us to 
uh, the the newest um, member of Christmas royalty that we've talked about for the last several years, the uh, the the princess herself, Vanessa Hudgens. I think we got to try to get her on the podcast. I think we should do like a like a sort of a, a thing where we get people to rally around and tweet a at her. Christmas movie. So if if people aren't familiar, and by the way, I don't know how you couldn't. She be. well, they're I'm all like, Netflix, right? Are they all on Netflix? She or are started. They on so yeah. So let's lifetime. go. So so of course she's she's um her net worth is fourteen million. She's done pretty well for herself. Not bad. Um, she but uh, I, I had saved her movie. So ba- so. Uh, and it used to be, it used to be, if you did a Christmas movie, like your your career was done, like Leanne Rhymes, you know, like whenever you get, whenever you dabble in the Christmas, whenever you dabble in the seasonal, or you're just getting started in your career, maybe. I feel like those Lifetime movies, yeah. which Lifetime was, is the original like holiday movie junkie, right? Then the Hallmark Channel. Oh, okay, and Hallmark. Hallmark. Maybe I'm getting com- them confused, but right. I feel like you know, like. Some people before they break out into big stars, they might do like Hallmark movies but the or fact Lifetime that movies. Hallmark was a card. They <laughs> and were now a they card. Make movies. Can you imagine They're that? They're the spirit of the season. But how honey. weird is it that we've got Amazon? They sold books online. Now we got to give them Emmys. Now we got Hallmark, who just sold cards at a CVS. They're making the most banger. Dr- Netflix was DVDs in the mail, and what they instead of driving to your local blockbuster, absolutely. to pick out a VHS, they just totally hopped over Redbox. Somehow that still exists at Seven Elevens. They just like they're still plugged in for some reason. <laughs> if you don't have credit, you go to. I mean, like who goes to Redbox? If someone does, um, we'll take your sponsorship. Maybe they get movies like in between theaters and streaming services. So Christmas movies, they 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 like Netflix. I think finally realize there's a demand well yeah because they don't november sh- 1st rolls around and people want to get in the mood they don't share their analytics with others so the only way you you know when something's really hot is when they keep on doing it and they keep on making vanessa hudgens movies <laughs> and i think she's a producer on them too so i think she's got some back-end money coming in like you don't just make a movie anymore as the lead actress you're like you're making the big money so anyway in 2018 she made a movie called the princess switch one we admit by the if anyone's ever watched The Parent Where Trap. Where she looks a lot alike, this princess. Hold on, let me read She's the log like line. a baker from Chicago or something, right? One week before... Oh, should I play the Christmas theme in the background? Where, oh, I can't. It's on the thing. Uh, one week before Christmas, a duchess switches places with an ordinary woman from Chicago who looks exactly like her, and they each fall in love with each other's bows. Spoiler, they're both... Um, Vanessa Hudgens, and I don't. Yeah, so unlike the Parent Trap, I don't think they were actually related. They were just lookalikes. But you know, the typical movie. I just wish I could get out of the current thing. Next thing you know, there's a princess. You know, rolling cinnamon buns in Chicago or however it works. <laughs> I don't know how it went. Seventy-five percent on Rotten Tomato, six out of ten on IMDb, which is not bad. Seventy-five percent. How many movies have we watched? But with that's the thing. Than that? What did Google users say? Ninety-four percent liked it. They said, "All right, take your seventy-five percent, shove it." I like this movie. You don't have to have uh, the proper screenplay writing. You okay, don't. Okay, then what happened next? So then we forgive a lot when so, it comes to Christmas movies. So, we can suspend our our disbelief. So that happened. Oh, I lost the next one. Hold on. So that happened, and then uh, wait, talk to me for a second here. Uh, and then her next movie. Um, well, we know the most recent one was the Christmas Night or Night Before Christmas or whatever K N I G H. Okay, the Night Before Christmas, and um, was that the second one? Uh, this was the second one, okay. uh, November twenty first, twenty nineteen, and then Vulture released an article that said a serious conversation about the night before Christmas, and then they spent a a bunch of pages just slamming it, Why? just slamming it. <laughs> 
It, uh, I mean, it was dumb, but it was good. Netflix unleashes the latest movie in its impressively tepid Christmas arsenal, The Night Before <laughs> Christmas, starring Vanessa Hudgens as a gentle science teacher living in Bracebridge, Ohio, who doesn't believe in love until she meets a ta- time-traveling 14th century knight who breaks down her castle walls. Vaginal walls, too, apparently. Hey. The night, hey, there's Remember a science he calls, experience like, for... Remember the, the refrigerator, like, the night air? Yeah, the night air. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's so stupid. He's like, oh, we left him in the night air because he doesn't have uh, electricity. It's good, folks. The Night Before Christmas is a staggering work of lifeless mediocrity in primary colors, shot through, shot through with glimpses of the surreal and topped off with blatant mimicry of Game of Thrones. As ardent fans of Hudgens' previous Netflix Christmas work, The Princess Switch... We really need to talk about it. Look, they didn't like it, but clearly people liked it. I mean, here's what... The the bar is not high for Christmas movies, I think. In general, I think that people just want to watch Christmas movies. When November, and especially December, rolls around, we want to watch all of our favorite classics, right? We want to watch those little, like, claymation ones. Claymation Christmas, by the way, is a a complete classic that I would love for us to, like, download or something. I don't like claymation like you do. Oh, it's good. You like the ones that I don't like, the black and white, like, Christmas story. not black and white. No, but there's a couple that are, like, old school. Favorites are the ones like uh, Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph the Red Nose. There were a bunch around that time that were made with like that animation. It's not necessarily claymation, but it's little like animations. Stop motion, something like that. Yeah, a stop motion. Stop motion. I, I, I'm not sure, but I re- I really like those ones a lot. But in general, we like a mix of the old. We like a mix of the new. We want to watch the new I like movies the, on I Hallmark like Channel and Christmas. Lifetime, and. Uh, they got to get the people what they want. But so the bar always, is not high. But there's, there is a formula that works. Like you got to save your grandmother's barn. There's a Christmas singer in town. He's your ex. Maybe if he runs a concert in your backyard, you can save the barn. Everyone gets Christmas. There's always like... City like, girl moves to rural town. Like give me like an, give me like an influencer type. Give me like a celebrity uh, occupation. What would be a good celebrity occupation? Blogger. Blog. Uh, okay. What, what type of blogging do they do? Real specific. Give me some real specific. Travel blogging. But what kind of travel blogging? A van dwell. They're a van dwelling blogger. Okay. They've hit it. They've gone viral as a van dwelling blogger, but they don't have a place to spend Christmas. The whole movie's about them just trying to find a Christmas tree. So they go to a small town in Vermont. Yeah, it's got to be in Vermont. It's but it, be. it can't be a they. It has to be a, a lonely girl. It has to be a single woman so that yeah. she can like fall in love with a handsome man that's like building a barn next door. Yeah, I think we can. I think we can put aside uh, misogyny and sexist tropes during the Christmas season. It's the like, Christmas <laughs> season is very traditional. Yeah, it's like, and look, people are okay with it. We want progress. We want equal rights. But during the Christmas season, we'll just the wage gap if we can find love. I think that's the key to the Christmas season. So, Tasha, I wanted to introduce you. So, just earlier, I was thinking, like, uh, let me Google. But there was a th- wasn't there a third Vanessa Hudgens? No, that Christmas? takes it. That takes it up to date. There's only oh, been these two, two. That, that I know of. So, um, I just wanted to let you know. But do you remember there was the Princess of Aldovia one that was pretty good? That wasn't her though. I know, but and they, they, and they had made, a part two, right? So yeah, they've got the uh, they've and got their, their universes all- are sort of connected somehow, aren't they? Didn't they like reference Aldovia in the yeah. Vanessa Hudgens? Netflix movies or does Christmas movies like the Avengers does comic book with movies. little like Easter eggs. <laughs> There's just a whole world they're building of just Christmas movies. So I googled Vanessa Hudgens, and I want you to know, Tasha. On November 19th, 2020, 
come back to Netflix to find the new Vanessa Hudgens movie, The Princess Switch, switched again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. What? It's a, okay. So she's tired of being a princess. So here's what happened in 2018. She has the Princess Switch. In 2019, she ditches that character for a new movie. In 2020, she's switched again. When Duchess Margaret unexpectedly inherits the throne to Montanero and hits a rough patch with Kevin, it's up for her double. It's up. To, it's up to her double Stacy to save the day before a new lookalike party girl Fiona foils their plans. That's right. I'm sorry. Not one Vanessa Hudgens. Not two Vanessa Hudgens. Three Vanessa Hudgens this November 19th on Netflix, everybody. Steal your mom's password. Get to Netflix because you know we're going to be live well, streaming. What's the name of a Christmas night? Vanessa Hudgens. Was it Fiona? Is it the same girl? I don't know. Part I don't know. All I know is, according to Screen Actors Guild, you get paid per character you play. So she's making triple the money. Triple the money. And she's probably a producer. That's what she's doing. She's like, oh, how do I make more money than last year? <laughs> Let's throw in some more Vanessa Hudgens care. The, you know, the next one, switched at birth. Vanessa Hudgens haunting it's herself. Like blonde wig, brown so anyway, wig, I'm red e wig. I'm excited for this. It's yeah, it's right on it's right in line, November nineteenth. I mean, really gonna hit our wheelhouse. It's for sure gonna be a number one of that week. And uh, we get to see, yeah, Vanessa Hudgens. She's so I think I I mean I'm gonna kind of like I got to reach out to her to, to get her on the pod. I mean, I mean, I know she's got bigger press to do, but I think this is, this might be the niche I've been looking for is just, <laughs> just like, I don't want to be a film reviewer. I want to just review Vanessa Hudgens Christmas movies. I want that to be the, the, the angle we take. I'm glad she's decided she's going to do one every year. I mean, it's great. Netflix is going to keep buying Christmas scripts. They're going to keep making Christmas Netflix, movies because there is a market. People want to watch Christmas movies. But here's the deal. You know, and the Patreon members know, I'm writing a Christmas movie. And my movie, I, I can't give too much away in the public sphere, needs a Vanessa Hudgens type character. So I might have to write it in with her in mind and see if she'll attach herself to my Christmas script. It's like, I, I, you know, if I give it to her and she's like, Oh, I'm not doing Christmas movies. It's like, don't lie to me, Vanessa. <laughs> we know there's no script you're passing on. <laughs> you're going to get the Christmas switch switched at birth and you're not going to read my Christmas movie, a Christmas doubloon. <laughs> Come on now. We'll get you in here. This would be great if this is what changes our lives. We see a crow. <laughs> we see a snake. Next thing you know, Vanessa Hudgens is starring in my Christmas movie. That would be really cool. And we'll have to get you in it because um, I think you want to play one of the um, one of the enemies, right? What you, enemy? You, you say you've got eyebrows to play the uh, the evil. I'm naturally designed to look like an evil uh, teenager. So you need to look like the evil an evil Chris. What's an evil Christmas villain? Like you, like maybe, maybe if she's uh maybe if Vanessa Hudgens character is selling her soap at the, uh, at the Christmas market, you're sell you're next to her trying to sabotage her. You know, you're not like full evil. You're just like evil enough. Yeah. That person exists in all the Christmas movies too. Like new girl comes to town and like a girl who had her eye on the boy gets pushed aside and, and then, is jealous uh, and then and by tries the end, to sabotage. by the end you help her out, you know? Redeeming qualities. Redeeming qualities. So you're there, your character's there to kind of put them on their back. And then and then in the end, they've they've justified their desire for whatever the success the movie's going for in the hero's journey. And you come back and realize your place in it all and you help her out. There it is, folks. I think we have a movie. I don't know how this works, but can somebody call Variety? I think we've got it. Um, 
But anyway, I mean, I've, I've, uh, kind of, uh, you know, we've been dating for seven years now, lucky sevens and almost seven. I consider we've dated earlier because, uh, you know, I was checking you out before Christmas when we started dating. And I have to say, I still, I'm still not an early Christmas person. I just learned if this is what makes you happy, the easiest thing I can do is put on, you know, serious Christmas music. Yeah. So that's it. But we did a poll. Christian, one of our uh, favorite listeners of the podcast and a frequent donator. Thank you so much. Too kind. We got soap coming your way this Christmas, uh, Christian. Uh, Christian Christmas. Uh, he, he took a poll and it said like 20% of people say. You are so full of I, crap. Is it that was, not it? It was Here, like 30 something to 60 something. Well, let's look up the live number. So um, hold on. Hold on a second there, Tasha. Talk me through this. What were the? Uh, what was the objective of the... Is it okay to start with Christmas music or just Christmas season in general on November 1st? Which it is because otherwise the radio would not start playing Christmas music on November 1st. Well, it, they it appears about three people voted because it's <laughs> 36% say it's okay to start on November 1st and 64% say it's okay after Thanksgiving. Did you vote? I sure did. What did you say? I said after Thanksgiving. Babe. And, and, and more so, I'm a December guy. So it's your vote and my vote and somebody else's Our vote's vote. canceled out. And then, yeah, there's one other person voted. <laughs> they both, write in, folks. Let us know. Let me know when you it start Christmas absolutely. music. absolutely. November 1st is the day for Christmas. I just don't want you to burn out. Why, how, why Put it would this I way, out? Vanessa Hudgens knows a thing or two about Christmas. She waits till November 19th. Third, uh, listen, not even a full month. 25 days is not enough to like get my Christmas fix. I want to sing the Christmas carols. I want to get, I want to decorate. I want to think about presents. So it puts me in a happy spirit to know that like, well, I think what makes me most happy about is knowing that like I'm going home for Christmas, which isn't happening this year. But in general, Christmas season makes me feel very happy and joyful and Christmas spirit is the best. Well, I'm happy for you, and it's it's a it's always a it's always a good time, and uh, it's hard in L.A. because we don't have too much that shows us it's Christmas. We don't have you know the weather doesn't really change, which much. is all the more reason to go all out. Um. Uh. So. Uh, so I think that I think that wraps up our early Christmas conversation. I mean, there's only so much I want to say, but I don't want to burn out Christmas talk on the podcast. We have six weeks to go. But um, I don't know. Should we put together a Christmas list for things we need for the podcast or not? I think we're pretty good on on what we need. Uh, you know, thanks to all the Patreon members, they've been helping us uh, finance all of the gear. I'm not and all that. buying any more gear. No more gear. I don't get I more gear. I think we need to put a pause on gear. Oh, come on. Cameras and audio equipment. No, what if you the know next what? camera takes us to the air fryer? And uh what was the other thing you said today? There was something else good you said today. I don't know. I don't you know, but Amazon Amazon always knows what I want. Oh, they always oh, you have said it. a pot, a proper pot. Oh, a pot. Yeah, we're really loving life. We're looking at an air fryer and a pot. <laughs> Great, folks. Um the biggest gift people have given me is tuning in, commenting, and all this. I mean, you and I both know. I mean, I hate to make every episode feel like a telethon, but for five, for six years, we've done the podcast to moderate success. And for whatever reason, we started talking about a few of the topics that are happening in the controversial world of Bachelor Nation. And it's just people, I think people are afraid to talk about some of this stuff. People have, I mean, I mean we're talking. Uh, I think today, actually, I'll, I'll check. But yesterday, we were at two, I was at 248,000 views of that first video that went viral. And then every video after that has done really well to the tune of like, you know, it's been very successful. And they're saying no one else is talking about it. 
Chris Harrison, none of these like celebrities well, in Bachelor world are talking about that's the, the issue. And because it's uh, anybody who's that close to the Bachelor universe is signed away all their rights to talk about it. They, they got, they're they got money to be made. Out the wazoo. But isn't that sad? So, and so, you're right. Why bite the, bite the hand that feeds? They so, keep getting invited back and back for seasons. So nobody wants to criticize anything about Bachelor. For people that don't, that don't know what I'm talking about, Colton Underwood was the Bachelor from several seasons ago. He, um, he did not uh, propose uh, to the... the uh, he ended up dating Cassie Randolph afterwards. They never proposed because she did. She wasn't ready for an engagement, but they she stayed together. She ditched the show, right? She ditched the show. He ran after her. He jumped over a wall. Next thing you know, they stayed together. They made it work. They ended up breaking up at the beginning of the quarantine. He got Lyme. Uh, he got Lyme disease. He got uh, cor- uh, the virus. Try not to, you know, see, you can't say this stuff on YouTube. They demonetize you. So he got well, the sickness. You said, I mean. Yeah. So he got it. <laughs> <laughs> and he got bit by the curse and um he didn't her, get bit by anything you know what babe. i mean he got sneezed on or whatever however it happens <laughs> they all partied and so her family took care of him as soon as he was better and by the way i still think he might have made up having it just because it gets kind of psycho so afterwards of course and again i apologize apologies for people who know the story but just to catch people up afterwards he um uh, she broke up with him and he started stalking her and I mean, I don't think there's any other way to put it other than allegedly, I have to say, but according to Cassie, after they broke up, he got a different phone number, was sending her text messages as a stalker and put a tracking device under the trunk of her vehicle, which I've done the research and found a, a penal code like 737.7, whatever it was. You're making it up. Oh, do you want me to look up the penal code? No, I'm gonna look up nobody the penal code. cares. Why um, do you bother to say it? Well, because I think it was 737. So let me just look up the penal code for a uh, penal code tracking device, um, California. And uh, got to know these things, folks. Um, so, so anyway, she hired a private in- investigator to find out who was stalking her because of all these harassing text messages she was getting, saw the tracking device, confronted Colton and said, oh my gosh, I know this crazy stalker's texting you too, because Colton was like, oh, this person's texting me too. So at three in the morning, he was texting himself and texting her. And it just sounds, it's just, this is insane. This is insane for normal people. This was broken on TMZ. It was crazy. Okay. So California penal code 637.7 prohibits individuals from using electronic tracking devices to determine the location or movement of a person. The only time you can put a tracking device on a car is if it's your car you own. So if you are an employer or if it's for your teenage son who's driving home to get, Or if you just want to like you know, get LoJack or something so that if your car gets stolen, you know where it is. If your son's driving home to uh, get the Porsche for Christmas and you want to put a tracker on it, you know, by all means, that's <laughs> when you can do it. But you can't track your ex-girlfriend. Can't do it. It's a misdemeanor with up to 364, I'm sorry, up to 365 days in a uh, like county jail. Uh, obviously, we don't. I don't think that's going to happen. But... Um, she files a restraining order. TMZ breaks it. Big news. I made a story about it. A couple she files views. for a TRO, temporary temporary restraining order. A week later, um, the the documents came out with all the text messages, which is pretty salacious stuff. I mean, yeah, I hate to get, I you know, it was a very is a very tight line to 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 dive between uh, what is gossip and what is like purposeful and i have to be the first to admit i'm reading it as gossip like geez this is and i normally only do bachelor and bachelorette recap videos when it's not in season i don't see it i don't do bachelor in paradise or at least i didn't in the past because there's no plot line what am i going to talk about but now here i am 2020 can't do stand-up comedy you know nothing's going on vanessa hudgens movie hasn't come out yet i got nothing to do 
And so I'm like, I got to make a video about this. So I, so I read, I just read the text messages, 23 minute video. Next thing you know, 3 million impressions or it's 5 million watch minutes, whatever it is, quarter million people watch it. The click through rates through the roof. And it's like, no one else is reporting on this. Like it's out there. It's public domain, like this info or whatever. Like, you know, it's been leaked and no one's reporting on it. No one in bachelor, no one, no one that's associated with them is talking about it. I have nothing to lose. I could care less. And I'm like, this guy's a psychopath. More importantly, we started dissecting not just that he's a psychopath, and again, not a not a trained therapist. Not you know, is he a psychopath? I don't know what he is. <laughs> but I'll but I we we I made videos on toxic love, purity culture, um, just being addicted and codependent, and all these sad things that we've all we've all been there. Like we've all gone on Snapchat or Instagram to look at an ex or to see where somebody's at. And, and it's like, when is it? It's, uh, it's obviously way more sinister when you duct tape the device to someone's car, but we all, like I mentioned before, have that ability to be kind of dark in, in, in tempted to know what someone else is doing when in any other time, like where my boy, the Christmas night comes from the 14th century, you weren't able to track someone. I wanted to pull up. I saw that I had the uh, the Jordan Peterson quote. Get into your head that you have the capacity for great evil, and stop assuming that it is something that is manifesting itself only in the people that you you would disagree with politically. Take responsibility for that and put your life together. So I've been looking at this as like I've got the, I I possess that ability to an extent. I've got good friends and a good support system that I think I would call my mom or whatever before I ever like tormented myself enough to like want to stalk someone or show up in in their alley at 3 a.m., which which was confirmed that he did. So anyway, all these things were happening and it's it's wild. And I know, Tasha, you, you mentioned on one of the podcasts, I think the thumbnail was called Benched. You had mentioned and a lot of people related to it that you had an issue with an ex who um, was, uh, I, don't, I mean, why don't you, what'd you call it, verbally abusive or physically abusive or, or yeah. mentally problems with yeah i would just say he like exhibited some really poor behavior yeah and we've been talking about this a lot with with uh today we're on our hike saying you know saying look if i didn't have like if i didn't have you know football when i was in high school and baseball in college and on other thing comedy and other things that i was working with if i didn't have a community I might, I might ruminate in a much more toxic way. It's about keeping your brain going and having goals and achieving them and really filling your own, uh, like equity. Well, you know, and equity is, is investment in yourself. And that's love. You're, you're loving yourself by, by putting time into yourself. You got this guy, Colton 2020 coronavirus. He's no longer playing football. He's always been an athlete. Too much time on his hands. Too much time on his hands, plus an addictive personality. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm just saying you have to talk about the connection between a good Christian guy and stalking your ex. Like You have to make the connection because then you can catch other people along the way. And if I had a kid... I would want to keep them busy and keep them investing in themselves and in and, and, and things so you can keep and from that dark thought. And with a positive like, community and positive support system. And, and what he had was a scenario in which you don't take no for an answer. You Like, like what he learned on the football field is just like work so hard, be undeniable, super probably narcissistic, self-centered, all these things that come with like getting to the top of the top. It's all taken away and all of a sudden he's dumped. And he, and, and we saw on the show, he doesn't take no for an answer. So anyway, October 6, 2020, um, you know, six weeks before Vanessa Hudgens movie comes out, 
no relation. Just wanted to drop it in there. What if she paid us for this? This would be great marketing. <laughs> She's just like, can I get some promo? You don't need it, Vanessa. You're killing it. So Colton Underwood, um, October 6th was their date to, to, to have their, their hearing. So when you file for a temporary restraining order, the judge grants it if, if they think it's, it's worthy and you get 30 days before the hearing. And then you get the, and then in the meantime, Colton can't buy a firearm. He can't, um, contact you, stay a hundred yards away from you, your employment, your parents, this and that. Well, days before October 6th, are you caught up on all this? Yeah, I am. Days before, day, so this is just for the audience. I thought it was the day before. Or maybe it was the day before, yeah, a couple days before, because that was like on a Wednesday. So like Monday, like two days before, she filed a police report, which uh, which basically says that she was filing, she wanted to report the fact, like to the police and file a paper trail that this that this tracking device was put on her car. Cause the other things you can get a restraining order for like non illegal things. Like it's not illegal for him to walk through an alley. It's not illegal for him to text from an unknown number. That's not illegal. It's intimidating. But in a, in a domestic sense, you can get a restraining order for that. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, folks, just a random YouTuber here, but, but, but it's not criminal. But what is criminal is planting a a tracking device and so on. Penal code 637.7 California, uh, misdemeanor. And, and anyway, so that happened. And because of that, it would be incriminating to himself. Uh, it, it would be per, he would be perjuring himself to to go to the restraining order hearing because he could incriminate himself. And what's this? What's the law where you're 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 allowed to not incriminate yourself? What do you mean law? There's it's a, a constitutional right that that you don't have to incriminate yourself. But there's something anyway. So so because of that, they had the restraining to plead the fifth. Yeah, it could have been that. It could have been that. But but basically, you you have the right to a like a. I mean, I don't know. I'm just turning into a Law and Order episode here. What what I know is this: on October sixth, they got a thirty day extension. So, Cassie, Colton, nobody showed up. Just their lawyers. They got an extension. That extension is this Friday. They said they wanted to work things out on their own in private. Nothing's happened. So. As far uh, as you know. As far as I know. And look, I know we got the election on Tuesday. Whoop de doo. But I'm gonna let the pu- I'm gonna let the pundits I'm gonna let the pundits cover the election. That's on them. I'm covering this. So we'll see what happens. So that's the update, is that we're gonna see what happens on Friday. Could it get extended again? Yeah, I mean it could indefinitely be extended. But what happened was Cassie knew Colton was coming back to California and that's what and that's when she said all right, I got to, I got to make something happen here. So that's when she filed the restraining order and that's why she didn't do it right away. But a lot of times people go, well, why didn't you, you know, when, when you showed up at 3am and your doorstep, why didn't you do it then? It's important to know that like, there's, I mean, you, you tell me there's like a, there's like a the paralysis that happens. Not really designed to protect women. One, like when you call the cops, like they're going to show up and take a statement. You know, it's like, the, it's real. You, it, it's hard one to get a restraining order. Two, there's a lot of barriers just like, um, around getting heard and like finding support and getting someone to like walk you through it because it's a complicated system. And there's a lot of shame associated with, um, like telling people that you are the victim of like intimate partner violence or like domestic abuse. It's weird that that shame exists because you would think that, you know, you're doing the right thing, this and that, but there is, yeah, when something happens, they go, wow, what did you do to that guy? You know, and a lot of people, and I'm not saying that that's like the right thing, but yeah, victim, a lot of people go, geez, well, she let him on. She went on the show for fame, X, Y, and Z. There's like a very old school mentality 
a lot of people still have to it all. And don't get me wrong, there's a large portion of people that are like, go girl, you get it. You got to form a paper trail. Like, a lot of people hated that I compared this to OJ Simpson, but it was actually very similar. Like you, you don't get to decide when someone else is going to go from stalking to violence. That's not what you get to decide. So just by saying he hasn't done this doesn't mean it's not within him, especially, you know, football player, brain injuries. I mean, it's yeah, a, it's and a going messy. to the police and filing a proper police report and getting a restraining order is all she can do to it prevent it her. from escalating. Right? These things only grow in the dark. I mean, you. So as long as he has his anonymity, as long as like she doesn't put barriers, legal barriers, in place, you know, she she leaves herself at risk. And this is where I got in trouble last time you and I talked about this. I said she has a duty. I said she'd have her blood on her hands if. Colton, if Colton stalked somebody else, and I understand that 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 she doesn't have to do anything, like you know what I mean. Like I get, no, it's like, her choice. It's her choice. I get that it's her choice. But my 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 point is that by being brave and doing something about it, she's going to help herself and, and she's him, providing a service to any girls in the f- in the future that may have been, you know, on the list. Yeah. In another, and, in a, in in a, some future universe, and in a and in a very less personal way. I mean, you know, you know how overwhelming I, I, you know, I'd be like, hey Tasha, I'm gonna go respond to comments, and I'd have to go to my computer back 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 before this. You know, it was like the U.S. post postal service in the 1800s. Every once in a while, a comment would come in, you'd fire back. I'm talking hundreds, thousands, people saying, I feel heard. Thank you for listening. And like I said before. I'm no different than anyone else, but like apparently just by being a guy who's just like a normal dude who's talking about it, w- women feel like, oh, you guys do get it. Like, yeah, men do get it, but it's like, it's, it's, this is, this stuff isn't normally brought to the front page of the news. It's usually like some crazy Hollywood thing like OJ Simpson or like, it's your local drunk. I think the difference is that a lot of men don't necessarily like notice or recognize it in their peer group. And statistically, there probably is someone who doesn't treat women well in your peer group. There probably is. A lot of hatred, a lot of anger and fear. We always we always kind of whittle it back to fear, right? I think so. Can you look at your, I'm sorry, uh, can you look at like your own circumstance and see fear within your ex? Was he afraid to lose you? Yeah, absolutely. Were you were you doing better? Because it can come it can sometimes be like two people running parallel. Like you guys might have met on parallel terms, but you take off for college. You get you get an apartment. Where does he do? And instead of building his own, he just kind of tries to follow you. And it, and you're if I know you, I know my Tasha here, counter dependent. You're running from that. You're run, you know. Yeah, I mean, he was very much like a leech or a, as you would say, a, a barnacle. barnacle on your ship of progress. <laughs> but uh, you're right. I you know, I I don't know why we're even bothering to get into this. We what I was we, trying to say is a lot of why I think. M- women don't realize that men know what's going on is because they don't see it as super prevalent in their circle, right? And that doesn't mean it's not happening. It's happening behind closed doors or it's happening in small ways. You let your friend like say a sexist joke and everyone chuckles instead of being like, dude, this is not funny. You know, it's like the, it's the simple baby steps of like calling stuff out when you see it. And I think in general, women feel like guys aren't doing a good enough job, but you need to, you know, like just women are constantly on the alert. Everything that we do, we're constantly on the alert as part of just staying safe 
in this world we live in. So we notice red flags that guys do just like the most recent episode of The Bachelor, right? I said, this dude is a red flag city. Well, Yosef was. That guy and the other dude. Right. So, so look, can I, can I, no, can I establish I'm that? Sa- I'm saying red flags. We are on high alert. And I think guys in general kind of like brush it under in their peer group. They brush these red flags under. Oh, he's a good guy. He didn't mean it. Blah, blah, blah. So to see, I think because Colton is a public figure that people kind of can relate to. And not a lot of dudes watch The Bachelor as far as I know, but you do. So but we see him as sort of a regular dude. We see him as someone who could potentially be in our social circle. So watching someone who we feel we can relate to behave in a way that is shocking to us, you know, I, I think that's why, like, I I think that's why you wanted to call it out. And you know what's weird, too, is uh, there's this, this, this is going to sound crazy, right? Uh, I'm not a fearful guy, you know, but we do live in, like, you know, you could find out where we live pretty easily. You know, we're, 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 we're on the map. I don't mean that like the celebrity map, but we're on the map. We, we do things. We, we broadcast out everything from the roof of our apartments. It would take two seconds for someone to find out where I live in the other night or actually like a month ago, I was walking the dog thinking, man, I could get jumped so quick by some, by him or somebody. If like, they really wanted to like, who is this asshole? Come find me. But like, obviously that's a ridiculous, like very self-centered thought to have. But I, I empathize with guys like him so much so much because I see Colton as a my younger brother. I see the same guy. Like I see the potential in all of people that I love and hold close to me to to have such toxically like um, sort of needy sort of wants for love, attention, and respect. And it's just he is a six foot five, three two hundred fifty pound guy. I don't see that. I don't. See, so that's why when you say like, oh, guys don't understand. It's that when when you have a buddy or a friend with someone, you see them in a light that is such so much more gentle than you might see them because you're you're seeing them as someone who's targeting you. You know. But in general, I think you've hit the nail on the head when you say that all people have the potential to behave poorly, right? Jordan Peterson said it, I've not me. Had, well, but like you've behaved poorly after breakups. I've behaved poorly after breakups. My thing is, oh, I'm so needy. I've had trouble letting go. My neediness and my 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 sadness and codependency after breakups. I don't. I I for the most part, it was like I would hurt myself. I wouldn't go after someone else. I was never like, you know what, go. You know, I I, I never threw one haymaker at somebody. Not one haymaker. And you, I've never done it to you. That's like, you know what? I never liked, uh, you know, whatever. I've never done that. I've never, that's not my, that's not me. But the point is. Whereas like Yosef on, on the bachelor was like, you're the oldest bachelor. Like he was, he was walking, throwing haymakers on the way out. To me, it's more like a sad, like I just process it through sadness, not fear. So I feel just as bad. But just like you said, checking Instagram. Yeah. What's she up to? Who's she seeing? Where's she going? I didn't ex. I didn't ex. Who? She All would, of that is toxic like, behavior, and in most cases, we're only hurting ourselves. We're not hurting, hurting anyone else. But in some cases, you're looking at a line and you're tiptoeing it. You yeah. know what I mean? And then other people have no problem crossing a line, or they don't realize that they've crossed the line until it's too late. Throwing a little alcoholism. You maybe had a pill. You know, you're going a little too close. I mean, the wor- the worst thing for me was trying to kiss an ex. Tried to kiss an ex one a year. I mean, touch come on, years ago here. Yeah, I get. I, I, <laughs> I, I, my hands become Donald Trump. This was years ago. I was right. I tried to kiss an ex. It was not good. It was the best. No, not good. And um, and I was I was like drunk, and it was it, any normal sign would have pointed me to like, don't do that, don't do that. But instead, I was like masking the emotions through. And you're just like 
avoiding all the signals at all costs. You've got like tunnel vision. You've got your blinders up and you I don't want to hear anything. You I don't want to hear. I was double fisting spray paint and, and painting every red flag white. Just like, no, I don't see those. Just blinders completely gone. And, um, and, uh, and that was that. And, uh, but there was no like, yeah, the vitriol. Anyway, so that's just, a, that's just me. That's how I process it. Then I, you know, lose 10 pounds. I can't eat for a week. And then I try to pick myself back up or whatever. But um, it, it's, it's, it's no prouder feeling on my end. Uh, but anyway, uh, the, 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 the other, the other uh, sort of um, common denominator of humanity that we noticed this week on The Bachelorette was uh, Claire. She's 39. She's the oldest bachelorette. And um, she's fallen for this one guy one or two weeks into the season and these other guys kind of know it they're on the ropes they're still trying to date her she's in the pool with one guy she leans in to kiss him now, now before you correct me she leans because i know tush is ready to she leans in to kiss him he stands there stiff as a board and for about a quarter of a second doesn't lean back to kiss her her limbic system gets well flared. he didn't he didn't lean in at all he didn't lean in, nor did he lean back. He was. He stood there. He kind of stood there, board. stiff as a board, but literally. And but he didn't Zach. even turn his face up to her. But and, and it might have been a little bit of like a mind game, like she leaning for kiss. I'm gonna give her. It might have been a little bit of that. It might have been like quiet. The cam. I mean, come on, the cameras but are rolling. What's the point? So of playing games. So she goes. Ugh. He doesn't have the upper hand. She there. F- she freaks out. I'm just trying to explain this for the non-bachelor listeners. She freaks out and and is like. She came ninety. He didn't come ten. So she was like never mind and started to walk away and then he got all needy and started grabbing on her wait wait no what just happened what no I, I so wanna she's on you. the steps of the pool and he's in the pool and she tries to walk away and he goes up to like grab her like head neck he, like, and like grabs, grabs her kind of chest maybe shoulder, her neck and then he grabs her by the stomach and she's like horrified in her face but just like trying to remain composed and she's like nah it's fine let me but go. But this is the Yanni Laurel litmus test. This is the gold dress blue test litmus test where everyone was mixed on it. Whereas I see a guy who was trying to ameliorate a situation, but he was also super jacked and he's in the dominant position as a stronger person where he's putting his hands on her. And so when you look at it from, from that point, you see a, a very it's toxic, physically, dominating. physically toxic situation. When you look at it from a point of a guy who's like, Oh, I thought we were doing this. And then, Oh, I'm just, it's almost like if your Legos fall, what's the first thing, what's the first thing you do? If your Jenga starts to fall, you can either back up or you can try to fix it. And he, this is a great analogy, by the way. So he went in and tried to fix it, but the Jenga was Claire Crowley. So he goes to touch her and he's like, no, 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 come on, come on, come on. We're still good. We're still good. You know, go, no, no, no. And he, come on, come on. And, but she and then prevents she, him. For, she, he prevents her from walking away, which why? But then, so he does that. Why? But then, but then, but then in this it's all terrifying, but this is like girl. the Petri dish of, of what really happens. This is kind of that moment when, when an ignite, when ignition kind of goes right when the bomb explodes. So he's kind of like, ah, and then, and then she's like, I'll see you at dinner. I'll see. You. And he's like, okay. Okay. She's like, you know, he try, you know, tries to touch it. And then he's like, he puts his hands up and he's like, what the heck was that? And I'll tell you, I, no offense, Tasha. I relate to that guy as much as I know you. There's been times when I think we're cool. The next second I said something, but how many times have you like had me cornered in the kitchen and I'm like, take a look at yourself and let me out of this MF kitchen. 
And you're, 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 you but, know, and of sometimes course, a girl just doesn't want to be but touched. I've had sometimes to learn. Doesn't want to be cornered. It is here, a here, dangerous here. situation. Oh, you let me touch you. I was I thought you were gonna pull. It. I've had to learn to be like, come on, you know. I, I've tried to be like that, and you're like, get out of here. And to me, I'm like, no, 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 no. no. I'm a five-year-old. I I haven't matured since since I was in first grade. Da 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 da. That's the feeling. That's but like that's, that that but, reptilian uh, feeling you what get. What makes you think <laughs> that you, as a guy, as the physically more dominating sex, uh, doesn't have a responsibility to learn to read the room? It's almost like this. It's like guilty with explanation, right? That in in the court of law, was was in some instances you can plead innocent or guilty with explanation. He goes, look, yeah, and, I, and again, I'm, I'm playing Zach right now. Yeah, I touched you, but I just want to explain to you what I was thinking. And then the judge can go, well, you still touched her, but I'm going to give you a lighter sentence because you seem like a good guy. I mean, this isn't a Brock Turner situation where like the judge is like, well, you got a whole life ahead of you. But let's this is like a situation where a guys like. Oh no no no! Like I clearly wasn't trying to hurt but her, but I can understand. I can understand that I triggered her. Imagine a way in which a guy could have handled that better. Let her walk away, right? Come knock on the door. Hey babe, I just wanted to talk. I wanted to talk this out because I really, I didn't mean <laughs> to not come ten. Tasha, I didn't mean to not kiss you back. I was I frozen just, by your beauty. I was shocked. I didn't realize that this was happening yet. I was excited. I was as stiff as your for- forehead after it. And how much more uh, receptive to hearing that is she going to be when she's in a situation that doesn't feel icky and grabby and dangerous? Take five. This is why we talk about it because people listening, everyone's been in a similar situation. You know, I was telling you the other day, my old roommate, we went out on Halloween and he was dressed with like a real sword and he put it up to a girl's neck. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, man? To that, to that guy, he had no idea. I was like, what the hell? But in this scenario... Tasha, it, it took me more than... He, this guy was on his first one-on-one date with Claire. It took me a lot more than my first date to learn to give you more than enough space. Now, I sneeze in the wrong room. I'm going to go walk the dog around the block until <laughs> you calm down. You got you got you, Your limbic system was flared when I sneezed in the in the shower the other day or something. You were like, Ugh. I was like, sorry, I'm allergic to pollen season. No, I think it was in the car. You had the most giant sneeze I've ever heard. I do, I do, uh, I do have a dramatic sneeze. <laughs> And my sneeze becomes like a Jackson oh, Five member. It was member. like my eardrums were bleeding. After anyway, that so we we look at this. We look at this as like, hey, yeah, guilty, but guilty with explanation. And I and I do say this that Claire obviously has her own issues, and it can create situations when you have your own issues and you don't address them. You might but you I might send I just, crazy signals to the I other person. I would argue that she. It has been addressing her issues, and I would argue that that why that's why ba- Bachelor has sort of sabotaged her. I think that she is a very strong, independent woman who like is not gonna is not interested in really playing the game the way Bachelor wants it to be played. Right, a Bachelor, I, I in my opinion, tends to manipulate contestants and their hero, right? And they want someone who's going to go along with it. And they want someone who's going to go along with it, and maybe they can eliminate off the cuff somebody one time for stepping out of line but like she has really deviated from I think their system and their expectations and the sort of like groundwork that they have laid and how they expect things to run the bachelor is like the mob and I'm going to explain how 
Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we got to end this episode, Tasha Marie. But I do want people to know this week I'm live streaming 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Monday. That's November 2nd. If you don't catch that, just go to my YouTube. I post it at 8 a.m. the next morning, and then um, and then I'm and then this week I'm also going to be live streaming on Friday. So go check out the YouTube. It's a real fun way to interact in li- in the in the live moment with myself, and sometimes Tasha even joins me. And um, it's been a ton of fun. Uh, I've I've been sending out a bunch of postcards to all the new people that have been sending in super chats and patreons we appreciate you guys so much but we have to continue the conversation then but i think this was a good chat i think i think this is i mean this sounds crazy but i think this is what needs to happen not commenting in facebook groups where everyone goes oh if you don't believe me my way the highway defriend me if you don't like this that should be the name of a pocket like defriend me if you don't think of this it's like we're having conversations and discussions are are better we have a italian sausage stew that is ready to eat. Oh, yeah, baby. So let's get out of here. She's Tasha Courtney at Tasha Courtney. I'm Dave Neal at Dean Neal's D-N-E-A-L-Z. Our, our uh, travel blog is uh, we are to.travels.com. I'm spelling it out my <laughs> And um, I think, and, and our Instagram is at the.sap, where Tasha will post her video, um, uh, uh, Catching a Snake. <laughs> and, um, and that's it from us. Happy election day, everybody. May the best man win. Bye now. A few of the postcards I sent out were like, you're going to get this after the election. What happened? (laughs) Throw it back at me.